The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you get your podcasts. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to Stacking the Box. To subscribe, hit us up on Google Play or iTunes or Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Thank you. Here is Stacking the Box. It is the August 18th training camp edition of Stacking the Box. Matt Verderam, Mr. Football, is back and ready for football. My name is Mark Carmen, and we are here to entertain you today. Thank you for checking out the podcast. Matt Verderam, training camp is happening. I feel an excitement coming through the screen at me from you. We are less than a month away. In fact, we are about... Three and a, three weeks and a couple days away from Chiefs Texans Arrowhead Stadium, where there will be fans. There will be fans, about seventeen thousand worth at Arrowhead Stadium. Why does um, can Why does Kansas City have to be the capital of stupid? Sorry, with all due respect to Chiefs fans, <laughs> well, we really we really need seventeen thousand Chiefs fans piling into Arrowhead. Really, come on, Kansas City, you're you're getting it at twenty two percent capacity, and you know. By the way, because that's for the first three games of the year, you know that that number is only going to grow over time if there's not a complete outbreak. So uh, we will see how things go. Uh, right before we record this podcast, the Patriots said over that same stretch they will not have any fans. So a little bit of a different uh, way of going about it. But anyway, yeah, I am very excited for this season. Um, I think it's time to start really feeling like they're going to be able to get this thing off the ground. Does that mean there's not going to be bumps? No, not, not saying that, but. It looks like we're going to start the season on time. Uh, it seems as though, even though they're not in a bubble, that players and coaches and support staff have done a good job of putting in protocols and distancing and staying home when they're away from the facility. Not many new tests at all that are positive. So, uh, yeah, it seems as though all systems might be go for September 10th. It does feel like week five of the NFL. Three Chiefs have tested positive for the coronavirus, but they have decided to play this weekend in the NFL is allowing that so we can have a season. I don't think we'll go that far, but it almost feels like we might perhaps go that far, which is just crazy how much we want our NFL football. But all right, let's let's talk about uh, what this season looks like, Matt Berteram. See your future, be your future. Uh, do you see, is the question here as we start the podcast, do you see parity as your standard, usual NFL, or do you think there's going to be a top-heavy dominance considering all the factors of 2020 we'll have the Chiefs and maybe the Ravens in the AFC and then we'll have the top of the NFC whoever you want to put up there the Niners uh and that'll be it what do you think so I did some drilling on this topic now over the last decade since 2010 if you go through and you average out how many teams 
were new playoff teams from the year prior. It comes out to about five and a half, right? Like the most there ever were in, in the last 10 years, 2017, eight new teams made it. There were some years where four teams made it, which was the low, but really it ended up averaging about five and a half. So about half of the playoff field ended up being new. Of course, the Patriots are the one team that made it the whole time. I look at this and say, I think we'll have about five to six new teams again, but that's because we're having two more slots open up with the playoff format expanding to seven teams in each conference. I do not think we will have as much parity, and here's why. With the coronavirus happening, you look at the league and you say teams that have experience playing together, teams with experienced coaches and quarterbacks, have a massive advantage over teams that do not. There were no OTAs, there were no mini camps, there will be no preseason games. That is awfully hard if you're a team like the Giants with a new head coach or the Bengals with a new quarterback or the Dolphins with a new quarterback, so on and so forth. I think that's really hard to overcome early in the year. I think those teams will get better as the year goes on, but the hole might be too big. You know, it's, not, it's not baseball where there's, you know, in a normal year, 162 games. In football, if you have a bad four-game stretch to start the year, you're probably done. So I do think we'll have some new teams. But I don't think we're going to have the worst-to-first type teams this year. I just I think those teams are going to have a very hard time out of the gate. Well, okay. Let me, uh, let me jump to playoff time, not to get ahead of myself here. But the playoff format is a huge change, right? I mean, yes. if, you're, if, if you're the one seed, that's an enormous advantage. So that's going to take away from parity. You're going to play one less game. And now if you're the two seed, you got to play an extra game. You're playing you – know, Football season is a football season. Who, know what, who knows what health looks like getting through the playoffs at that point. So I do think you're elongating it for everything but the top. So I think you're, you're creating – we'll have to see the numbers on this down the line here, Matt. Aw, you didn't have to go so all out for my birthday. Yes, we did. Because birthdays are about showing your friends how much you care for them and how grateful you are for them. This is Jamie from Progressive. No, this is a great time. Progressive protects you 24-7. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry that happened. <clears throat> Jamie. Can you hold on one second? Uh, I got to take this call. But remember, birthdays are about togetherness. Contact us 24-7 on the phone, online, or on the mobile app. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates covered subject to policy terms. I, I, I do think you're going to create a huge edge if you are able to win your conference, which would speak, I think, very much in the favor of I, you know the Saints or the Niners and or Kansas City and or Baltimore. So that part of me makes it very skeptical that we're going to see parity as usual because I think come playoff time, we're going to, the top is going to really benefit from what's going on here. I do think, though, in 2020, Matt Verderam, this is such a wild card. Teams are going to be losing players all the time. So True. if they're – I mean, so to, to that to me, and you throw in an extra playoff team, like who the hell knows who's going to make the playoffs there? How's this season going to go? So I do think literally anything is possible. It is possible. I think that's a good point. Although we look at baseball, because I think baseball is somewhat of an indicator. Now, baseball is half of the roster that the NFL team does. And the staffs are bigger in the NFL. The, the, the amount of people that travel on the road for a team in the, in the NFL is larger than a team in Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball is keeping this regional, even though they're not in a bubble, whereas the NFL will not be keeping it regional and they will be traveling as you normally would. But we haven't, other than the Cardinals and the Marlins, who just decided to go out to a strip club and a casino, um, we have not seen other teams losing players to COVID. So I, I don't know 
how that – I mean, we saw it at the very beginning of the year, but once everybody kind of got established, we haven't just seen guys randomly throughout the season getting COVID. Um, I'm curious to see if the NFL, if it's similar, or if, you know, closer contact, bigger rosters, if that ends up leading to, you know, more guys getting it. Yeah, but we're still seeing some teams in baseball trickle in with at least a couple games where they're not playing. Uh, the Reds and Pirates were suspended after a positive coronavirus. I don't know, man. Uh, look – Zach Plesak, Mike Clevenger of your Cleveland Indians. I, I think those guys exist in the NFL too. I mean, you, probably, right? probably, yes. Bro, I mean, look, if everyone doesn't know, Plesak and Clevenger, they got optioned down to their alternate team because they went out to a dinner in Chicago. The uh, Indians are playing the White Sox. I, I don't know how stupid you can be. Oh, and, but I agree with you. Look, there's no question there are going to be guys who do this in the NFL. There are. Um, and I think in the NFL, those, those guys will be met with a fist fight and not a meeting. <laughs> I, I, I can't even imagine the response to the NFL. A little different than Major League Baseball there. But, you know, I think we will have our hiccups this year. I definitely do. But, it's, but to, to wrap up on the question, I do think parity is going to be a little compromised this year because I think teams with experience at head coach and quarterback especially, I think they're going to get off to very fast starts. I think it's going to take a while for teams that need to gel to do so because they just simply do not have the normal operational situations that they would have in, in a non-pandemic type year. Are you seeing the stuff that's coming out of Tampa, though? Seems like, like, like Tom Brady and Mike Evans are like best friends already. Evans is saying he's – you know, he'd call him his favorite teammate of all time, but he said he's, he's certainly at the top. Like they're the, I, I mean, that's Tom Brady, but it seems right. like – Seems like the Bucks are coming together. Well, and, and I think they are actually the one team that I'm very interested to see how that works out because I, I think they could be the outlier because Brady is so experienced. Arians is an experienced head coach, so they're not together. But I, I could see that. However, look, I, and this isn't even a, a topic for the show, really, but I already have seen so many people. If you look at Twitter and you follow beat reporters, and they all, a lot of them do a great job, okay, you see so much stuff about how every team looks great. Well, of course they look great. There's no defense. Nobody's having a pass rush. Like, no, of course. I, I, I want to see it when they're in the heat of the moment and they're getting a, a, a pressure up the A gap and a guy screaming off the edge. Then what happens? Now, I'm not just saying that for Tampa. I just mean in general. Like, I have seen so much stuff from some of these teams about how great everybody looks. And that's all, that's all fantastic and roses. And God bless. Have hope. Okay. But it's a hell of a lot different seven-on-seven drills than it is when some guy is coming flying off the edge and your running back, who's never had the pass protect in his life, completely forgot that he's, he's in charge of the free man coming up the gut. So what you're saying is, Carm, you're an idiot. You're, you buy the hype. You're, you're a shallow football announcer reading headlines. Tom Brady, uh, Mike Evans, and you, get, and you get all fired up, and you really have no idea what you're talking about. That's what I took from that last comment. Is that I fair? Think that's, I think that's accurate. Okay, thank you. Thank you. So I, I, I appreciate you agreeing. Uh, all right. On that note, let's, let's, let's move along to into the future. We've got four topics for you today. And we'll start with, will some teams have having fans, I guess, like the Chiefs, although I really don't think you're going to follow through with this Kansas City. Wake up. But assuming that you do, will some teams having fans be a big advantage? What do you think about fans in the stands for some teams, Verderam? I don't think it's going to be that big of an advantage. And I, I thought about this for a while. Because my initial reaction was, yeah, of course it would be. Then I thought about it. 
Okay, so the, let's let's use the Chiefs since they came out yesterday with it, right? Or on, on Monday, depending on when you're hearing this. They came out and said, we're going to have 22% capacity, all right, which means about 17,000 at Arrowhead. 17,000 people can make noise. That's about a full basketball arena, okay? But that's not going to be deafening like it would be when they have 80,000 packed into Arrowhead. I, I do think that that's different. And I think it has to be noted as such. And I also think to some degree, look, home teams have not been as dominant in recent years as they have been in the past. I went back and did some research on this. Over the last three years, teams at home have a 556 winning percentage. And last year, by the way, 130, 125, and a tie. Not a great record. I'm barely over 500. You go back to the beginning of the 90s, 90, 91, 92. You average all those teams together, that's a 574 win percentage. Now, it's not a huge monumental difference, but I do think as teams have gotten better with travel and sleep patterns and eating on the road, I think it, I think it matters. I, I think it's been becoming easier and easier for teams to go on the road and play well, regardless of a fan base being there or not. Look, does it help? to have some people there. Yeah, it gives you some energy for sure. I'm not going to deny that. But do I I guess what I'm saying is I don't expect that there's going to be an overwhelming advantage for these teams that have fans compared to teams that don't. I I just don't believe that. It's really interesting to me just to think about what it's like for an NFL team to travel this year. Like okay, am I do I feel like I'm have a new lease on life that I get to be out of my house on the normal COVID routine and now I get to be in a hotel room? Or do I feel like really terrified that now I'm in this hotel that I might not trust that is actually clean and who's walking around, who's doing what, and I just want to get back home and maybe my focus is not the same. I have no idea what, how that will play out. But I got a little twist on this one, Vertoram, and I'm just going to bring it back home to my Chicago Bears. I think this is actually a huge advantage for the Chicago Bears because if this was a regular fan season, and you get to opening day against the Lions. I think they're at home against Detroit. I have to double-check that. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Whatever. The Bears' first home game, Trubisky goes three and out. whole place is booing, going crazy. And then already his confidence is shot. So I think the non-fans in there won't boo him actually helps the Bears. It's a benefit for teams that have questionable quarterback situations like Chicago. Mitchell Trubisky is probably very anti-fan at the moment. He's probably (laughs) thrilled to death. There are not So, yes, in that sense, we agree. I just, like I said, my initial reaction was, yeah, of course it would help. And I think for some guys it will. It'll give them some energy and whatnot. But I, I don't think having 20,000 fans at a game in an 80,000-seat stadium is that big of a deal. And, and factor in, these teams are going to pump in crowd noise. Like, that's coming. Right, you know, right. I mean, you're not going to have a game – where, you know, Baltimore is playing at home against Pittsburgh and it's just dead silence. Like, Baltimore's going to be – first of all, let me tell you this right now, and I know you've been around NFL players and so have I. Okay, the NFL does not want everyone at home to hear the words that are said on a football field. Okay, I guarantee you they're going to be toning down the field mics and cranking the noise in the stadium. You're going to hear a good 90 to 100 decibels in the stadium. I would be shocked if that's not the case because the NFL knows that if you, if you get a nice, uh, nice field-level mic, it, it, it could be uh, a lot of FCC violations. I got to tell you, too, from watching the way MLB's done this and uh, what's going on with the NBA right now because hockey's not really the same, but the NBA, I'm loving the benches that I'm hearing. 
You know, it, it's and it's a great scene. And and baseball, you got these guys. It's like summer, you know, whatever. They're a little high school action, and they're all cheering in the dugout. I think it'll be awesome just to hear the an NFL bench going crazy as the sidelines going nuts here. So. There, I, look, I, there's no lack of motivation for players without fans. They still no. want to go out there and play. They're going to play. If they don't play well, they lose their jobs. I, I got to admit, I really thought, and I have not watched any of the NBA stuff. I, I just am not into it. As a Knicks fan, they've killed me. But I've watched all the baseball stuff because my team has the best record in the sport right now, my Oakland Athletics. I look forward to enjoying it until the playoffs <laughs> come when they blow it. Um, but it's not been that weird. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. It really hasn't been. Like they, they've, right. piped, they've piped in some crowd noise. It's, it's been pretty authentic, at least for the most part. And, you know, now look, I also root for a team that has 8,000 fans at every game. So I, I was primed for this. But it hasn't been that odd. Like, I've st- I really expected it to be very, very strange. And it's certainly a little different. But it has not been unenjoyable by any stretch. Congratulations to your 16-7 and seven Oakland A's. And by the way, I, I was right in correcting myself that the Lions game is on the road for the Bears to start Nobody it off. the Giants, don't they? Yeah, and they have the Giants in week two at home. That is correct. Nice nice job. Nice job, Matt Verderam. Um, all right, let's go to question two here, which is uh, we're assessing what level of play we're going to see early without preseason games. Do we think that poor play is going to be an issue early in the season sloppiness? I would throw injuries in there, too as a potential huge factor, uh, depending on how teams can go through training camp and get themselves ramped up to go here. Uh, what do you think here, Matt? Poor play that it will be, that it's noticeable to start the season. I don't think it's going to be as big of an issue as a lot of people think, and here's why. We've seen in recent years some teams, your Bears, say, we don't need the preseason. We're fine. doesn't matter. And everybody remembers it as being a thing that was the downfall of the Bears. The Bears started three and one. The Bears were good. And then they went to London, and that was the downfall of the Bears. Okay. That was the beginning of the end. The, the Bears are three and one through four games. Nobody was crying about their preseason tactics in September. So, and, and the Rams are another team that barely play anybody in the preseason. They start out hot. They came out last year. They beat the Saints. They, they, they were, I believe, two and zero to start the year as well. I, I don't think it's as big of a deal. The bottom line is talent. If you're talented, you're going to win. And again, this goes back to my parody thing, especially if you're experienced playing together. Like, I, I just don't see – you think the Saints are going to have a hard time out of the gate? Now, maybe they do because of their schedule. The schedule's tough. But I don't think it's going to be because they just suddenly forgot how to play together. I, I don't buy that for two seconds. I, I think teams will be fine that are good – we all the time see teams that are younger teams that play a ton in the preseason, and then they're terrible. And then we see teams that barely play, and they get into the regular season, and they go 14-2. and two. I, I don't buy that. I, I do not. Now, the injury thing, that's a whole other story. That's a whole – I think you're going to see a lot of you know hamstring pulls, groin pulls, 
soft tissue type injuries. I wrote a whole story on that for fan side, and I think that's going to happen. But I don't think it's going to be because, you know, guys just forgot how to play football all of a sudden. Well, and also, look, it depends on how teams go about getting their, you know, go about training camp this year, knowing you're not going to have preseason games. I mean, Nick Chubb was getting thrown down by Mac Wilson at, at Brown's practice, and they, a, a horse collar. I mean, it's August the 18th. I mean, Mac so, Wilson's ready to go. Yeah, I mean, uh, if we're just going to do that, then I, I guess we'll get guys ready. I mean, I, I, I do think yeah, – I was listening to Dave Wanstead talk about this, uh, hashtag Dave Wanstead, and he mentioned, like, the one thing that I would be talking about right now is how do I get my secondary ready to tackle? Like, the big guys up front, they're used to doing it, but you to have a, a running back coming full speed at a cornerback and have him ready to do that without preseason, that level of timing, you got to – you got to be working that out through training camp, which I thought made a lot of sense. Um, but this is on coaches. How do you get? How do you get your guys ready to go? Maybe you'll have more training camp injuries. I don't. know. Maybe training camp will be more physical. I, I'm sure that you know. There's a lot of conversations going on. But how do we make sure that we're ready week one without the preseason? And maybe it's just a little bit different at training camp right now. I don't think it'll be an issue. Is my answer, by the way. Um, so, but I, I do think things are going to be a little bit different the way they're going about it at, at, uh, for everyone with their training camp this year. Uh, which, by the way, we've mentioned the Bears a lot here, Verderem. Who do you think the Bears' starting quarterback will be for week one is our third topic? Who are you going with? I'm less confident in this than I was, but I'm still saying Nick Falls. Now, I say I'm less confident than I was because I think the pandemic actually helps Trubisky because – Foles didn't have an opportunity to get into the rhythm of, of, of the team and, and the new staff that he's joining here with OTAs and minicamp. It's an odd training camp, obviously. Preseason is canceled. So I do think that hurts Foles. But here's why I'm still sticking with him. He played under Nagy in Kansas City as a backup. Now, I know that was Andy Reid's offense, but Matt Nagy essentially runs the same scheme. So he knows what he's getting into. Now, also, he's guaranteed some money for each of the next three years. Like, the Bears are tied to Nick Foles. Nick Foles is not going anywhere for at least the next two seasons. Now, they, they would have to eat a little bit on the third year, but they might be willing to do it. Trubisky's gone after this year. Unless you have some unbelievable turnaround, he's gone. The second they declined that option, he was toast. So I do think there's more of a chance for Trubisky because maybe you just play the old, well, Foles doesn't have the reps in our offense, blah, blah, blah. But how many reps does he need? Like, he knows that offense. So I, I still stay with Foles, but I do think it's more of a question than it was, you know, back when they acquired him. I don't know who's going to start week one because I don't know if the Bears know. But I do know this. Mitchell Trubisky sucks. He's not a good quarterback. I don't want to overstate the obvious here and say with emphasis to be Johnny Hot Take guy. But look, look he is at best a backup in the NFL. There's no miracle formula. I don't know if I'm so charged up about this today because I listened to Trubisky's press conference. And they ask him, well, why do you have more urgency this year, Mitch? Well, it's my contract year. and you know, I'll work. No, 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 no. The urgency's always been there. You've always tried hard. You're just not very good. You're not an NFL quarterback. You, you don't pick up defenses. You're not accurate. There's a million different reasons why, you're not, why you haven't had success in the league. And now that Nick him Fo to give that answer, well, he could. Well, okay, Mitch, why, why is there more urgency right now for you? There, there, there isn't more urgency for me, for me. 
I've always, I've always wanted to play well. Fair. Fair. I mean, that's, that. I mean, he doesn't have to down himself. I, I'm, I'm hoping that this year with the experiences that I've had will be a lot better for me. I, I feel like I, I've learned a lot this offseason. That'd be fair. Um, I, I just, but I, so I think there is some level of Rama that the Bears still want Trubisky to do this, and they'd be very happy with that, paying a lot of money to have some security blanket with Foles as a backup if Trubisky can somehow figure this out. They, I, don't, I don't think they'd hate that happening, so he may get a chance to do it. But I also think, like, now he's going to look at Foles, and he's going to look at Trubisky, he's going to look at Foles, he's going to look at Trubisky, okay, I'm going Nick Foles. Like that, you know, yeah. they're good. I think that's very much on the table. Yeah, yeah I think I think Nagy also realizes that if this doesn't play out well this year, it's at least possible that it's his ass. Mm. Right? Like I don't think it is, but if like, like I, I see your reaction and I don't disagree with you. But you and I both know things change quickly in sports. And if they really come apart at the seams this year, they go like five and eleven. And Trubisky is just brutal. And, and Nagy sticks with him for half the season. It could oh. be his ass. Like, I, 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 think, I think there's there's some urgency there. So, look, I, I think Foles, I'm not 100% on it. I don't know, like you said, I don't know if the Bears are 100% on that yet. But I, I, think, I think Foles has the clear advantage at the moment. Let's move on to the Las Vegas Raiders and debate whether or not they will contend for a playoff spot in the AFC in their first season in Vegas. I see you breathing heavily here. What do you, th- what do you think, Matt Bernard? Are the Raiders a playoff team, a sleeper playoff team? Nah, sleepers maybe a little too tall. Uh, but what do you think? I don't think they're a playoff team. Um, I Come think on. Be, I think, well, I'll say this. I think they're going to be fun to watch offensively. They got a lot of guys. Henry Ruggs, he's as fast as anybody in the league. He's their answer to Tyreek Hill. He said, hope he is. They got Tyrell Williams. They got Hunter Renfro. Did a nice job last year for them in the slot. Darren Waller, great story. Really solid tight end. Good offensive line. Okay, Josh Jacobs. Of course, the big question is Carr. But Carr last year wasn't terrible. He was league average in yards per attempt. He completed over 70% of his throws. Like, Derek Carr was not great. Derek Carr wasn't in the all-pro conversation, but Derek Carr was decent. And if Carr is decent, they're going to score some points. The problem I have with the Raiders, and this is obvious considering I said I don't think they're going to make it and they're going to be fun offensively, they are atrocious defensively. Max Crosby is a great young player. Ten sacks, I think he's got all pro potential in his career. But they have nobody else. There is not one guy on that defense who you say, oh, he's going to be a problem. Now, you could get into they drafted a bunch of guys, Damon Arnett, he's a corner in the first round, so on and so forth. You know they've got they've got Cleveland Farrell who last year was kind of a disappointment fourth overall. They've got all these young kids, Jonathan Abram, who actually did look talented at safety last year, more of a more of a hard hitting box safety out of Mississippi State, and he ends up tearing his labrum week one. He missed the rest of the year. But you know I have a, a long standing theory that the more ifs you have to add, well if Abram plays well and if Joiners okay, some of those ifs are not going to pan out. Like that, that becomes at some point, like when, once you start getting past like two or three ifs, you got a problem. And the Raiders defense has about 15 ifs. So I, I do not think they'll win that division by any stretch. I do not think they will uh, make playoffs. I think they will probably finish last in that division, but they'll be very entertaining. So 
I mean, it's 2020. Anything could happen. Chucky, I'd love to see that. I, I, it would be entertaining if the Raiders get in there somehow. There, Derek Carr's fallen in love with Brian Edwards, a third-round pick wide receiver out of South Carolina. It's like that, there's yep. been a lot of training camp noise about him. Uh, physical, so you wide receiver, which adding on to that offense, I don't know, you throw another weapon in there. Now I'm starting to – that would be interesting. Love yeah. it. So, defense scares the heck out of me. Yeah, no, I, I get it. I get it. Um, I don't know, man. I, it's it's the the Come AFC. Come on, Carm, say it. Are, are you? What do you think? It's just impossible to predict right now. Which, who's going to be at the on. bottom we're of the, the bottom of the bottom Honestly. of the AFC? I'm I'm in on the Raiders, Verem. I'm in. You got to make in the playoffs. I yeah. So I okay. I think okay. I got the, I got Oakland finishing at a very robust eight and eight, and that'll be good enough to be the seventh. Uh, playoff team in the AFC. That's so where I'm. So they're they're essentially they're cannon fodder for Kansas City or Baltimore. Correct, correct. Okay. But okay. that would make. I'm just saying that by the way because that would make my NFL season more entertaining, and maybe maybe it's the story of Marcus Mariota this year for the Raiders. Uh, that uh, would be interesting. A, a shocking Mariota in Week Three. Carr has a sprained ankle. Mariota comes in, plays phenomenal. They don't they don't bring Derek Carr back out anymore. Gruden goes with Mariota. Anything's possible. They gave, they gave Mariota two years and seventeen million. That's it's not starter money, but that's that's real money. It's, it's, a, it's some coin. There's no that's doubt. That's real money. That's not like hey, you're gonna hold a clipboard money. That's hey, like be ready money. Because if things go south, guess what? Yep, yep. Uh, and and who knows? Maybe maybe Chucky's got a an angle here that he actually thinks he's better than Derek Carr. Just just gonna wait for the opportunity to insert him and let Marcus Mariota take off in Vegas. Yes, let's do let's do in or out here uh, and bring up your former chief making a run back to the NFL. And we're talking about Alex Smith, who I don't know. He's walking out of his house. He's got a sleeve on his leg, so that's a little bit. Uh, I don't know if that qualifies you to play NFL football. So the question is, in or out, Alex Smith will play one meaningful snap this season, in or out. Which way are you going? I think meaningful is the key word. I think the – excuse me, I almost said the old team name. I think the Washington football team, as as much as that rolls off the tongue, um, (laughs) I think they will get him in for a kneel down, some kind of situation where he can play again and, and take a snap. Um, I hope that he can play a meaningful snap. I hope he can play again in the NFL and be healthy doing it. But you alluded to it, and it, it's not in vogue maybe to talk about it, but that video, as cool as that was, his family celebrating, and what a moment for him. He looked like he was limping. He looked, and like, I just, I kind of cringed. And said, I just don't want to see him get hit. And his leg breaks again. And I'm not saying it would break to that level, you know, God willing. But I don't want to see the guy get hurt again. But I will say, so I guess I'm, I'm out on this. I don't think he'll play a meaningful snap. But I'll say this. I think that that story and his, and his ability to come back, that is something that's the rare moment that transcends sports. It is a triumph of the human spirit. He... Almost lost that leg. We've all seen the documentary now, the Project 11 uh, doc on ESPN, where he had 17 surgeries, he had a bad infection. He signed a four-year, $94 million contract, about $70 million guaranteed for that year started when he got hurt. He doesn't ever need to play football a day in his life. He's got more money than he ever knows what to do with. 
He's a young, good-looking guy. He could go out and no doubt about it, be a guy who lands on NFL Network and does analyst work. And he could do that, no problem. He could have just given up and said, I'm fine, I'm done, I'm glad I have my leg. And maybe in some cases that might even be the smart thing to do. But he ended up coming back. Jamie's log. Progressive. The Harrington's backyard. Day 27. 3.33 a.m. 3.33. All those threes mean something. Or I may be losing it. Been camped in the Harrington's backyard for 27 days now, proving that Progressive has 24-7 protection. They told me every day they understand what 24-7 protection means. Think I'm finally getting through to them. 3.33. Progressive doesn't just offer a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection. Just not literally from Jamie. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations and coming all the way back. And I think that's a great lesson in life. Like That's what he wanted to do. It's what he loves. He did it. If he never steps on a field in an NFL regular season game, it is an unqualified success that, that he is back to the point he's at on the active roster. It, it reminds me of, uh, well, first of all, as far as like the not walking portion um, or, or walking awkwardly, I should say, I'm like – it's it's like oh, I'm thinking back to Bo Jackson as he's like trying to come back and play baseball and he's, the hip was just so brutal. Um, and then I'm thinking about Zach Miller, Bears tight end who had just an absolutely a complete atrocious injury and yeah. um, and tried to make his way back and tried and tried and tried to find eventually had to had to give it up. Um, I he, this training camp highlights that I've seen him throwing the ball around. It doesn't look terrible. It really doesn't. The, the so, arm is good. I just I, you just wonder. Because I agree, the arm, his arm looks terrific. I am just concerned. It, you know, we all know if you play quarterback, there's going to come a time you're going to have guys at your legs, guys at your feet. You're going to have to get out and make a play. I'm not saying that mentally he wouldn't do it. I think the, the mental part of it is is absolutely there. I mean, to, to get to this point, it clearly is. But can he physically do it? Can he take the hits? And I, I just – I'll be honest. I, I don't know the man. I've never talked to him personally. But I, I, I actually, like, worry for him. I, I don't want to see him get hurt again. We sat with him at the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, um, which was awesome, right before he went on the Dan Patrick show. He, it was Carm first, and then, and then he was going to see Dan. You get top billing. That, that was a moment in time. He was, he was awesome, uh, and he's got a tremendous reputation. I think he's going to come to his senses and retire before it happens, is, is my guess. So I'm out. Um, I think he's going to play around out there and realize, you know what, I, I've, I've got myself back this far and, and that's really what I wanted to do. But my family's more important. Something along those lines will come out and it's Dwayne's turn now. And, and then hopefully Haskins will play well if you're a Washington football fan. Uh, let's do the Steelers, Matt. The, the Steelers win the AFC North. It's bold, in or out. I'm in. <laughs> I, I, I'm in and I will say this. I think if Roethlisberger is is 90% of what he used to be, I think they're the biggest threat to Kansas City in the AFC. Wow. And I don't know that it's particularly close. Because they can get pressure with four. Minka Fitzpatrick is a lot like a Tyron Matthew type, a do-it-all safety on the back end. They don't have the weapons they used to have, but Connor and Snell are a decent, decent pairing. Roethlisberger is a first ballot Hall of Famer. You've got a tremendous head coach, an organization that knows how to win. I mean, let's be real. You and I were basically the quarterback on that team last year, and, and they were 8-5 and five going into the last three games of the year. That's one of the all-time coaching jobs I've ever seen. Duck Hodges is atrocious. One of the worst quarterbacks I've ever seen. They're winning games in prime time with Duck Hodges. 
It was unbelievable. And I, I, this is not a slam by the way on Baltimore. I think Baltimore is a very good team. I think they'll be in the playoffs. I think they're going to be right there. The reason I feel this way is some years in football, and it's not again, this is, I'm not knocking them, but everything goes right for you. You don't have a lot of injuries. Your division's not that good. You win some games with defensive scores. All those boxes are ticked for Baltimore last year. All of them. They've had barely any injuries. The division was awful. They won weird games in some spots where they, they really did not play great offensively. They won like up in Seattle. They had two defensive scores. I think it will be harder for them this year to do it. Also, let's face it, teams are going to be giving their A-plus game plan for Lamar Jackson every week. Every week, teams are going to be trying to make their nut on stopping Lamar Jackson. Some teams won't be able to do it. But some teams will do it more than they did last year. So I think Pittsburgh is, is going to be a very dangerous team. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if Baltimore won the division by any, any means at all. I just think the Steelers to win that division are a great value bet. And I, I just – I think Ben's got one more year in him. I do. I think he's got one more year at 38 years old, one more moment in the sun, if you will. So I'm, I'm out on this because I'm, I'm in on the Ravens, and, I, if, and, I, and as a non-Baltimore fan, I'm offended for Baltimore fans everywhere that you're putting the Steelers on top of them. But I, I, I want to give you a, a piece of advice here, Verderam. Go hard on Twitter on the Steelers, and you put your name on this because if you're right, it's going to look sweet for at Matt Verderam. I think you should be uh, – I don't know if you've done it already. I haven't followed everything you've said on Twitter, but if you haven't, I would just I would ride this one home, baby. Verderam's got the Steelers winning the North, damn it. I wrote my column – and, you know, this, is, this goes to show, you know, sometimes things change in life. I wrote my column that I, I like this bet, but that I'd still pick the Ravens to win the division. And right after I published, I kind of had some remorse. I was like, you know what? If I really had to bet my real money, if I had to bet $1,000, I would pick Pittsburgh. I really would. Now, I, of course, the caveat being, look, if Roethlisberger's hurt or he's terrible, forget it. I mean, they, they, they have no chance. But if Roethlisberger's back and he's even 80% of old Roethlisberger, they're a problem. They're a really, really interesting team if he's healthy. So uh, we will see. But I, I do think Pittsburgh is intriguing. Which, by the way, the, the mailbag, which you put out on Twitter today, yes. uh, our guy at uh, D. Wover Drive, uh, Run it he, back. he asked, Run it back. Said Ravens and Chiefs is the most anticipated matchup of 2020. He's tweeting at us. Uh, what would it take for Baltimore to get over the hump against KC? And what matchups are the most important? Also, uh, if they meet in January, who do you got? What do you think? So, the first part of that, they play week three Monday Night Football in Baltimore, uh, where they're not expected to be fans. Um, I think the most important matchup in a lot of ways is Mark Andrews against Tyron Matthew. Look, the, the Ravens' biggest pass catcher on that team, without any question, is Andrews. He's a very good young tight end. Um, they need to get him the ball on third downs. Tyron Matthew is one of the rare safeties who can come up. He can play in the box. He can run down your quarterback. He can also play against tight ends. So that is a matchup that I like to see. And then also, on the other side of the ball, it's Wink Martindale, the defensive coordinator against Mahomes. They blitz more than any team in football. Well, guess what? If you blitz the Chiefs, it's, it's a match race to the end zone. They have the secondary to not have to blitz. They added Derek Wolf, they added Clayus Campbell up front. They've got a secondary that's got Peters, it's got Humphrey, it's got Thomas. How does Martindale play the Chiefs in that game? Does he go against his own tendencies and sit back? Or does he say, nope, this is who we are, I'm going to come after him. I will take the Chiefs in this game for one reason. The quarterback, 
and it's nothing against Lamar Jackson, but right now Mahomes is the best quarterback in the world, and the Ravens have not beaten them in either of the times they've played them. I'm a big believer, and you got to show it to me. Beat them. Beat them, beat them, beat them. I think Baltimore has a much better chance of beating them week three than I think they can in January. Week three is at home. It's a huge game for Baltimore. It's not as big for the Chiefs. You know, the, the Chiefs don't have anything to prove. The Ravens do. So I, I think the Ravens have a, a coin flip shot of beating them at home. I think in January, uh, I think the Chiefs are the favorite. I don't care where the game is. I think the Chiefs right now with that quarterback, they're, I would – in. In total honesty, I'd pick him against anybody with him in January. I, I, I really would, as long as they're healthy. Agreed. I mean, in my mind, he's going to lead the Kansas City Royals to a World Series championship as well. I'm, he's going to make a half a billion dollars. The Chiefs are going to win five Super Bowls, and the Royals are going to win a World Series while he's in Kansas City. That's, that's my expectations for Patrick Mahomes. Uh, which, by the way, speaking of the Chiefs and, and the mailbag, Alex Burgos wrote at, I hear that uh, Breland Speaks is looking good. Uh, in better, he says, shape-wise. I'd love to hear some comment yep. on that, bust or not, and anything you can comment on the Chiefs' camp. So what, what's, what are you seeing from KC, Matt? And uh, it's true, Breland is in better shape, and there is some talent there for sure. Yeah, no, Alex, thanks for the question. Obviously, he didn't play last year. He was suspended early on for the first four games. Then he got hurt. He missed the whole season anyway, but that suspension, he just didn't get paid for those four games. So that suspension's gone. He's active week one if, if he makes the roster, which I would think he would. Um, he was a second-round pick a couple of years ago, for those who don't know, at Ole Miss. And he, he flashes talent. He's a, he's a big, strong kid who I thought in Bob Sutton's scheme really was an odd fit. And they wanted to be a little bigger, play a little 3-4 end, then, then move him outside, um, you know, and they went into different packages. I think he fits better in Spagnuolo's scheme. Like, to me, speech is a defensive end. That's what he is. A 4-3 defensive end, get up the field, you know, hold that edge, try to try – to, you know, overpower one of the tackles. Um, I think it's a great sign he's in really good shape. He, I think, realizes if he's not in good shape and he doesn't have a good camp, he's not making that team. They have enough guys in that team that Breland Speaks is not making or breaking it. Frank Clark, Alex Oakford, Tano Passione, Taco Charlton. Like, you're going to need to you're gonna need to play and really show up in camp to make that team at defensive end. So, look, I think Speaks, uh, I, I do think he'll be on the roster. It is, a, it is a positive sign. As far as camp goes in general, look, I think the one thing to watch right now is Juan Thornhill. He's on the PUP list. Uh, they can activate him at any time, but if they have to put him back on the pup list, then he's out for the first six weeks of the year. So keep an eye on that. I remember talking to Brett Veach at the Combine. He told me, and, and I believe James Palmer of Enfield Network was staying there as well, that you know they expected Thornhill to be back, if not right at the beginning of camp, pretty soon thereafter. Well, we're a couple weeks in now. Um, and, I'll, and I'll keep trying to chase down updates on that story. But to me, he's a big deal because they were without Prashad Breel in the first four weeks of the year. And you have, you have Traverius Ward and Rashad Fenton in the corner, and you have nobody else that's any kind of proven. I think the Chiefs would love to reduce Matthew down at, at corner for some snaps when these teams are in 11 personnel, which Houston will almost predominantly be in week one. And if you have that, you want to have Thornhill and Sorensen back there playing safety. So – those are a few things to, uh, to just kind of watch and monitor here as we go forward. Hashtag Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl champs. You get to be the defending champions this year, Verrems. It's, it's an underrated thing. Is this, is, and then we'll move on. But is this the best shot a team's had at repeating since the last team that actually did it? Great question. I think we should discuss that in depth next week, and I will come with uh, okay. significant arguments. But, I, I mean, off the top of my head, I would think yeah. like, 
like any of the years the Patriots won it, I would have, you know, I, I would have gone into the year. I certainly would have thought they would have won the next year too. Um, I don't know. But it does feel very confident that Kansas City is going to be, if not winning the whole damn thing, but certainly like in the game. But all right, we can, we can, let me, let me, let me, let me go. Table that. Let's table. Let's table. We got okay. a little time. Okay. Um, let's go to Detroit. Matt Patricia, the first coach fired in 2020, in or out? I'm in, but, but maybe not for the, the reason you would think. So the Lions this offseason, okay, if you go back to uh, June 23rd, the Lions transfer, transferred power of, of ownership. Now, to be clear, Martha Firestone Ford is still the owner of the team. Okay, the Ford family's obviously owned them dating all the way back. However, she's transferred to Sheila Ford Hemp, who is now the new quote-unquote owner of the franchise. She's going to be running the day-to-day operations. Okay, there's an old saying in football that when ownership changes, the coach gets fired and the quarterback gets retired. And I think you could see that in Detroit. Okay, Patricia's been there now a couple of years. They've not sniffed the playoff spot. I believe they've won nine games in that time. Okay, I believe he's nine and 22 and one. Um, that is not, correct. Not, okay, not, I'm glad I could do it off the top of my head. I was not sure. Six not and sure. 10, three and 12. Yeah, okay. And so, one. And one, yeah, and a game that they were leading by 21 points in, in the fourth quarter. So I'm not – very bullish on the Lions. I know some people actually are. Some people really like the Lions. It's a tough division. The Packers, even if they regress, are still good. The Vikings are very good. The Bears are quarterback issues aside. Even with that, they're still a good, interesting, hard-to-beat hard, hard to beat team. I just don't think the Lions have a lot of upside in that division. Stafford's been banged up the last couple of years. I look at all those things. And Patricia, there's just not a lot of there there, right? Like, there's just not – like. I remember – I'll share a quick story. So I was at the Senior Bowl last year before COVID ruined everybody's life, and I'm standing right in front of him. I mean, literally five feet in front of him. And he's getting up to the podium. And for anyone who doesn't know, the, the uh, Senior Bowl in Mobile is sponsored by Reese's, which is great, by the way, because I gained like 10 pounds in three days. As much free Reese's you want, awesome. The point I'm driving at is he gets up to the podium, and in front of every podium is this huge pack of Reese's peanut butter cups, two, two cups, but like – like a couple pounds each, huge. And he starts like screwing with one because he thinks they're fake. And they're not fake. And he just breaks it. And it's like, oh, I guess they're not fake then. <laughs> and it was just kind of a moment where you're like, yeah, this isn't going to work out, is it? Like, it's just like, what are you doing? It was just so bizarre. And then we get out there for practice. I forget if he coasted north or the south. But he, the team was stretching for like 45 minutes. And every media member was standing talking to Charlie. Like, have you ever seen this? Like, what is going on? Like, they, like half their practice is them just stretching. It was, it was bizarre, man. I, I think, I think Matt Patricia's a nice guy. He's a good guy, but I think he's over his skis. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he might be a nice guy, and I, I, I'm laughing because I'm thinking about one of your your favorite, or one of my favorite, uh, Matt Verderam moments when you went at him because he had the laminated play card in front of him but he had the pencil in his ear as if that would actually help like he could write on this laminated thing which was just amazing i'm like okay you're getting fired i don't know when but that is some serious weird stuff going on anthony lynn i kind of i wonder if he could maybe challenge him i'm trying to think of coaches that could get fired ahead of patricia uh 
Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. I, Which, I don't uh, think Lynn's on the hot seat. I, you know, listen, he, he got, had a bad year last year. The whole team had a bad year last year. But the one thing that helps him, they have, like, no fans. Like, there's no pressure on the Chargers head coach. That's true. Um, like the Lions, like they've been awful, but like people care about football in Detroit. You know, people care. Like the Chargers, if they go like eight and eight this year, does anyone care? Like, is is there a real uproar for for Lynn to get canned? I, I just don't see it. Right, right. Well, uh, I I don't think it's long for Matt Patricia in Detroit. So I I am in on this one. That is. Uh, that is a marriage that's great, not going great to Yogi last. Yogi Berra would say it is getting uh, late early. In yes, it, very much so. Uh, we'll wrap up with some tight ends here. George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, both getting paid here. Four-year and, and five-year deals. Uh, are you in or out, Matt Verderan, that they will live up to their deals? History says that I should be out. So I will be out. Um, history says that when guys get paid big money, it typically doesn't work, okay? However, tight ends have shown a propensity to play later into their careers and still be productive when they're not in-line blockers. Guys like Tony Gonzalez, Tony Gonzalez, I think, could still play and have about 700 receiving yards. Jason Witten was a guy who, at this point, is, is, is shot, but played for a long time and a great career. Antonio Gates, Antonio Gates couldn't, couldn't break a pane of glass blocking, but he played for it. Ever, right? Like he was, a, he was essentially a receiver. And it's different because, you know, receivers, as they get older, they lose a step or two. They're done. They're done. Corners can guard them at that point. It's over. You're going against a linebacker a lot of times if you're a tight end. So even if you lose a step or two, okay, fine. You can still hook up and get open, you know, 12 yards down the seam. My concern about both these contracts is, okay, in the, in the space of Kittle, Kittle, and I love watching George Kittle. He is a ferocious blocker. That also is going to beat that body up. Like that over time, that's not going to age well, in my opinion. And we saw that with Gronkowski, right? Gronkowski was a bull of a block, the greatest block that I've ever seen in my life. It could also catch. But he broke down as time went on. Now you could argue, hey, still worth it for the Pats because they won and he showed up in big games. Sure. But a little bit of a different situation in Gronk- with Gronkowski in New England than it is with Kittle in San Francisco. With the Chiefs and with Kelsey – I think that has a better chance of holding up because Kelsey, while he is a decent blocker, he's not a guy they ask to play in line a lot. They're going to split him out. They play him as a, essentially a wide receiver. So I think Kelsey has a better shot of, of, of lasting. I don't think, though, he sees age 36, of that, you know, year six of that contract. I think either at that point they restructure that thing, he's not playing anymore. Like I, I have a hard time seeing him in year six of that thing still just putting up 1,000-yard seasons. Look, I – as a, as a Chiefs fan, I hope he does. I, I hope he's unbelievable. But I, history says those big deals, you end up paying on the back end of them. And I don't know if the numbers are going to be I, – I would – let me rephrase that. I don't think the numbers will be going up. But, I mean, Travis gets to play with Patrick Mahomes. 
and, and along with a bunch of other offensive Which weapons. Which is another reason why it might work out for him it's a little so, bit better. So I, I right, I, I think that was a wise investment in a key player who has done a ton for Kansas City. And and, and George Kittle is twenty six years old. Why would he be taking chips off the table? There, I get it. You're you're absolutely right. He plays a completely different style. It's way more physical and and more likely to break down all eventually. But he's twenty six. So yes. you know, I mean, make no mistake. I think both teams were right to sign the contracts. Just yeah. because a contract may not work, I, it doesn't mean sometimes it's not the right thing to do. And the Chiefs, by the way, after the fourth year, can get out of it anyway. So they, essentially for the Chiefs, it's essentially a two-year extension. I did talk to a few people in the league over the weekend. I wrote about this in Stacking the Box, the column on Monday morning here at Fansided. I, I got differing opinions on the contracts. Everybody seemed to think Kittle did really well with his. Five years, $75 million. One interesting note on this is the Niners have an April 7th vesting date with most of their big contracts, which is to say – they, essentially, they can wait until April 7th to see if they want to guarantee the contract for the next year, if they want to cut a guy. And if they cut a guy, then they're, they're done, they're off the hook, uh, minimal dead money. And, and that player, unfortunately, at April 7th is, is way behind the eight ball in free agency. So they have leverage to get guys to restructure, to do different things, take a pay cut, because at that point they know that if they leave, they're going to take a pay cut anyway. With Kittle, he still has that April 7th vesting date, but the Niners have to guarantee it a year prior. So the Niners have to give Kittle, Kittle all the leverage in that situation. Kittle would know a year in advance he's becoming a free agent. So that's a big deal for Kittle and a nice job by Jack Beck to his agent. He wins that negotiation in that, in that frame anyway. With Kittle, or excuse me, with Kelsey uh, and earmuffs to the children out there, I had uh, one person in the league tell me that from his perspective, it was a, quote, fucking F minus. Um, thought that Kelsey... Gave away a lot of his leverage. He did not get any extra money this year in the deal. They did tack on $4 million next year, which is going to be the last year of his original contract. And then he's only due to make $7.5 million in 2022. That is a huge bargain for Kansas City. So I totally understand why both teams did it. I just think that by the end of the contracts, the teams might be looking to either renegotiate to a lower salary or flat out get out of them because of age with Kelsey, because of the style of play with Kittle. Big money tight ends. Congratulations. Everybody should be trying to become a tight end, although perhaps easier to become a baseball player considering yeah, most of us. you got to be born about 6'5", 250. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, will, uh, you have that uh, genetic lottery, we, good luck to you. We, we don't have that profile. All right, let's uh, wrap up here, Matt Ferdinand. Great to be with you. By the way, uh, Stack in the Box is uh, coming back at you every single week now, and we're going to ramp it up uh, even more once the season gets going. Uh, at least twice a week, and, and Matt's going to be doing some stuff on his own. So you're going to be getting a ton of content uh, as we're yes. super excited for football in, in 2020. Uh, we always wrap up with what's going on in your life right now. Matt Verderam, what do you got going on in your amazing Verderam life right now? I know you dodged a tornado. Congratulations. Yes, thank you. Uh, before I even get to that, though, Raymond's still listening. Thank you so much. Please go subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already on iTunes. Leave a five-star rating leave a comment. It really helps. Really appreciate it. Uh, would, it really helps to support the podcast uh, in ways that, you, that are innumerable. So please go ahead and do that if you can. Uh, and, and thanks once again. As far as the tornado that we dodged, yes, got back from vacation on Monday. It's the reason you didn't have stack in the box last week. Got home at 8 a.m. by 2 uh, p.m. Central Time. Had a tornado three blocks down the street just rolling through Rockford, Illinois. That was um, that was different. 
as a lifelong uh, New Yorker, terrifying. Uh, I, I am recording this from my office. It's in my basement, my home. And this is where I ran down to. At like 1.58, I looked out the window, and it looked like a thunderstorm was coming, which is, by the way, what the forecast was. So I said, okay, that's fine, whatever, no big deal. Didn't even pay attention to it. Then I get the National Weather Service texting me like, hey, you might have a tornado in your area. But still, I'm looking out the window, it looks completely fine, it just looks dark. My like, guy, right, it's fine. Then, like 10 seconds later, the tornado siren starts going off, right? So now I'm a little bit concerned. I go walk up the stairs. My daughter, who's two and a half, is, is passed out, taking a nap. We, we had driven overnight from New York. My wife's also taking a nap. Wake my wife up. Say, hey, Steph, might want to get up. I think we could be having a tornado. We have a tornado warning. The siren's going off. No more than I did get the words out of my mouth. I look out our window. And Carm, you're a lifelong uh, Illinoisan. I looked out the window. It looked like midnight. It was one of the most terrifying things I've ever seen. Literally ran into my daughter's room. Grabbed the poor kid, woke her up, grabbed, grabbed her. I actually grabbed her and her mattress cover. I grabbed everything and just grabbed her and ran down into our basement. As I'm going to turn to the basement, I get a good look out the window. There is a tree line about 30 feet behind the house, pine trees. The bottom branches are about seven feet off the ground normally. The branches were still connected to the trees and just touching the ground. It was I was I was beyond horrified. I'll I'll admit I was absolutely like pissed my pants, terrified. Ran to the basement, waited about ten minutes. We lost power, lost power for a day, but who cares? Ended up coming up. Only thing that happened <laughs> was I'm looking around the house and there's some big branches down. Luckily, it didn't hit the house. No no major damage. I go to the front of the house and there's a bunch of like white siding on our deck. And we don't have white siding, so I'm like, where did this come from? It was my shutter which had just been ripped into a million pieces off the house. It was the only bit of damage we had, which no problem, not complaining. I had neighbors down the street who had trees right through their houses. So wow. very fortunate, very thankful, feel horrible for everybody who dealt with either the F1 that we had or the, uh, the Rachel, which I didn't know was a thing. Apparently it was a thing that devastated Iowa. So I really, uh, my, my heart is with everybody who dealt with that or whoever has ever dealt with anything like this. I know in the Midwest, it seems to be like, a rite of passage scared the absolute hell out of me. I hope to never see one again. You also, uh, by the way, you've got some new features coming up on Fansided that you wanted to promote. Did you not? I did. I did. Thank you. I uh, got got t- caught up in the weather. Um, <laughs> so like, every year, if you followed my work, if you followed Fansided, which I hope you have on both counts, Stacking the Box always comes out Monday, which there are some new features in that. I do a little betting area in there. I do a little two cents piece in there as well. Um, and, and an inside the league section where I'm going to be talking to sources every week, which I've always done over the last 18 months or so, but now I'm going to kind of break that out special. So uh, if you haven't read the column, hopefully you enjoyed it. If you haven't, please check it out. Uh, it's usually about 2,500 words in length. Um, we'll have quarterback rankings and power rankings that I'll put out every Tuesday. But this year, something that's different. On Wednesday mornings, I'll put out a, a, a pretty long column where I will go game by game. And I'll talk about something you've got to watch for every game. Um, and, and it's going to be about 16 paragraphs for 16 games. Um, and then Thursday, I'll have my picks and predictions. But I'm excited about all those things. We got Mike Tanier, formerly of Bleach Report, is going to be joining the team, um, writing a, a come on man style column about the worst coaching decisions of the week. Uh, that'll be a lot of fun. We've got a bunch of other things coming down the pipeline for the NFL preview that'll drop in September. So 
please bookmark fanside.com. We're going to have a lot of stuff. And if you enjoy this podcast, you're going to love our coverage on, on uh, fanside.com for the NFL season. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, looking forward to all of it. Uh, I'll just say that uh, it was my birthday last week, and uh, I only bring that up to bring up that uh, we went out to dinner, and uh, my father turned into a Karen. It was, uh, it was a terrifying it – was, it, was, it, was, it was beyond awful. Uh, we were at can, an you, out- can you expand on that? I will expand. Yes, we were at an outdoor eatery. Actually, I'll name the eatery the Happen. I want to apologize to everybody at the Happen uh, for the conduct of my 94-year-old father, uh, who perhaps was not firing on all cylinders at this moment. But it was an outdoor tent-style dinner thing, and so he shows up at the tent, and they're like, "Sir, can you put your mask on as you walk by the tables to to the table?" He's like, "What do you mean? It's outdoors. Why do I have to put my mask on?" So he's fighting. The, the people just to put us, I'm like, would you just please just, just put your mask on? And, and so eventually he does, uh, but the real kicker was on the way out. And there's only a, a handful of people left. And like, logically, my dad was in the right, but it's also not your restaurant. And they asked him to put on the mask and it was a meltdown uh, in, at, the, at the happen. And, and I'm like, uh, okay, is this going to be, this is going to be the end right here. You're going to have a heart attack at the happen on my birthday, screaming about a mask over, in, the middle of a, the coronavirus. In, in the middle of a pandemic. Is this how it's going to end? And we're all going to be sitting here because, because he was getting heated. Um, which, uh, our boss, Patrick Allen can relate to when my dad could find the, the, the bathroom at fan at one time when he was coming in there. Uh, but anyway, that's a, but it, we, we all survived. And then we, I, I drove him home because, uh, you shouldn't be driving and I had a long, a lengthy chat with my father about his uh, behaviors and uh, perhaps some things he would like to not do again in the time that he has left on this earth. But it was, it was, it was. Hey, the wife there, the family was there, the whole thing. Ram, it was awful, straight awful. I gotta tell you that uh, we'll talk off air, but I, <laughs> that happens. That happens. <laughs> that uh, happens. Okay, happens. I'll just, I'll leave it at that. But I got a story for you. Um, it was a happy birthday, man. Um. I hope other than that, it was enjoyable. It, it, it was. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, and thank you, by the way, for, uh, for listening to Stack in the Box. And just like Matt said, uh, subscribing, liking, giving a five-star rating, telling a friend that they might like this podcast is greatly, greatly appreciated. I cut you off there, Matt. Would you, you have something else? No, I was literally just going to say what you just said. Well, everybody, enjoy your NFL training camp. We're back with you next Tuesday, and we are counting down the days to NFL opening day. So stay safe, wear your mask, don't become a Karen, and thank you for listening to Stack in the Box. This podcast is brought to you by Fansided. Join our community of over 300 sites, sports to pop culture, and everything in between. At Progressive, you can get 24-7 protection, even if you break the space-time continuum. Wait, every time you wake up is the same day? That's terrible. Yeah, don't worry. I call Progressive. Their 24-7 protection still works, even if my day does last forever. Yeah, but don't you want it to end? Are you kidding? I win the lottery whenever I want and never regret anything. It's the best. Yeah, that's a good point. Progressive offers more than a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, which literally means anytime. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations.